Fantastic. You made it. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Lord of the Storm podcast. I'm your Bible reading friend, Dan Parr, and today I will be in Matthew chapter 16 in the EUR version of the Bible, which you can also pick up at Amazon.com. If you have your Bible ready, go ahead and turn there now. In this chapter, the Pharisees are back for more. Maybe this time they'll start to get it. Peter gets the final Jeopardy answer correct, and Jesus tells us to pull out our calculator, sort of. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together and read your word. We know you are the word of life, and we ask that you would speak to our hearts today and help us to encounter you as we read and think about what you have said and are saying. We ask this all in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Matthew 16. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to him and asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he answered them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. In the morning, you say, It will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites! You know how to determine the appearance of the sky, but you can't determine the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign, and there will be no sign given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. He left them and departed. The disciples came to the other side and had forgotten to take bread. Jesus said to them, Watch out for and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. Jesus, perceiving it, said, Why do you discuss among yourselves, you of little faith, because you have brought no bread? Don't you yet notice or remember the five loaves for the five thousand, and how many baskets of bread you picked up afterward? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand, and how many baskets you picked up then? How is it then you don't understand that I didn't speak to you about bread? But beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood he didn't tell them to be aware of the yeast of the bread, but the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but it was my Father who is in heaven. I also tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will have been forbid in heaven, and whatever you allow on earth will have been allowed in heaven. Then he commanded the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the leaders, chief priests, and experts in the law, and be killed, and on the third day be resurrected from the dead. Peter took him aside and began to correct him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this will never be done to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, 
and then he will give to everyone according to their actions. Most certainly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste of death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And for those keeping track at home, that is the third time the disciples were worried about not having enough bread. You know, I I say that about the disciples, but I'm no different. There have been plenty of times in my life when I've been in a situation and I thought, well, now what, God? What are we going to do about this? I don't know how this is going to get solved or I can't fix this. But then if I take the time to change my focus and put it on him, I'll recall that he's helped me out of various situations in the past. There were times when I thought a situation was bad, but God worked it out for me. Being worried or getting upset doesn't help anything. If anything, it just makes it worse. And what does Jesus do here? He takes them right back to two other times when he provided when they didn't see a way. Now, the funny thing about this is that he wasn't even talking about food. He was on a completely different topic than what they thought. He was talking about the type of teachings they hear from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was on something spiritual, and they were on something physical. And even though they were on the wrong topic, he still takes the time to first help them learn the lesson of his physical provision. Then he got them up to speed about the actual subject at hand. And I think that's pretty common. God is probably wanting to talk to us about spiritual things, but we are so focused on the physical that we miss out. We're told in Colossians to set our minds on what is above, not on the things of the earth. And then in 2 Corinthians, we're instructed to fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. The other thing I wanted to bring up was Simon's confession of who Jesus is. What stood out to me was some people may say Jesus is this or that. They may say he is a prophet or a good man or the Messiah. But he is not concerned with what other people believe about him. He is, however, supremely interested in who you say he is. If your mom thought Jesus was the Son of God, great. But that is not going to be enough for you. You can't stand before the resurrected Christ and say, well, my mom believed in you. He's going to say, well, what do you believe? You may have heard this, but God doesn't have any grandkids, only children. Another person's faith isn't going to unlock the kingdom for you. You can't ride somebody else's coattails into heaven. And did you notice that after Simon confirmed that he believed Jesus is the Christ, Jesus immediately changed his name? Why is that? Because Simon had changed. A change was made on the inside, so God changed his name to reflect that. He had done a work on the inside of Peter and wanted Peter and everybody else to know it as well. He does the same for us. In 2 Corinthians, we're told if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away. They are born again. So now, if you are in Christ, you are called his child, redeemed, transformed, a new creation, a saint. Now, you may not feel or act like that right away, but a change has been made nonetheless. Just like a baby isn't instantly an adult upon birth, your growth and change will take some time. But that doesn't change the fact that you are changed and God sees the end product even before it's complete. Thanks be to God for that. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you that you always relate to us where we are and then call us to a higher level. Help us not to be so fixed with the physical that we miss what you are doing in the spiritual realm. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have made it possible for us to have a relationship with God personally through what you have done. We don't have to go through someone else. We can't. 
Uh, We have direct access to God as his child because of what you have done for us. Lord, for the one who doesn't feel like a new creation, who is struggling with their past and the things that they have done, remind them of who they are in you. Forgiven, redeemed, highly valued, loved. You saw them, knew what they did, and went on the cross to take away their sin and guilt. And now they can live free from condemnation. Take them to the cross so they can see the price that has already been paid and that they have been set free. We ask this all in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Well, that is it. Another episode in the books, but we are just getting started. Come back again tomorrow and we'll do it all over again with a new chapter and listen to what Jesus has to say to us then. Thanks for tuning in. God bless.